Today on episode 219 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, last week we talked about a bunch of the silly things that are supposed to speed up a Windows computer, but they really don't. This week, I'm going to tell you four things you can do that actually will speed up your computer a lot. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. And welcome back to the Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and I'm here every Monday morning to show you how to do cool things on your computer. And what's cooler than a super fast computer? And the things I'm talking about today with you are the same things I talk about all the time with my clients. And even though I'm a computer geek, I don't talk like a computer geek. No technical mumbo-jumbo, just plain English so we're all speaking the same language. And when you have a computer problem, all you have to do is call me. Most of the computer repairs I do these days are done remotely, so you don't have to have someone come to your house, and you don't even have to bring your computer anywhere. Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And you can see today's computer tip over at my website. That's at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 219. So let's get started. Last week, we talked about junk programs that tell you you can speed up your computer by doing stuff like cleaning up the registry, clearing out temp files, and a few other things that really don't make any noticeable difference in how your computer works or or how fast it is. A lot of people think these things will help because we hear it so often, but it's just really a bunch of baloney. And no one wants baloney in their computer. Actually, did you know that baloney and other processed meats like bacon and hot dogs greatly increase your chances of getting cancer? It's true, but I digress. Anyway, enough with the silly things that don't work to speed up your computer. I'm here to tell you today that there are some things, four things actually, that really will speed up your computer. And the last one in this list is my favorite. First up, kick out programs that are running when they don't need to run. I bet if you check this right now, you would find all kinds of programs running in the background, even though you aren't actively using them. Stuff like Acrobat Reader, for example. That's the program that opens up when you double-click to open a PDF file. And for most people, that's the only reason it ever needs to open. That's its main purpose, to open PDF documents. But it thinks it always needs to be running, just in the background where you can't see it's running. There is absolutely no need for that, and it slows down your computer. Now, if it were just Adobe Reader that does this, it probably wouldn't make a big difference. But the fact is that lots of programs do this. And the underlying problem with this process is this. The more programs you have running at the same time, the slower they all run. So the key is to only have programs running that you need to have running. Do you know that if you installed iTunes on your computer but you never played a song or a podcast with it or never even opened it at all, it's still running in the background anyway. And same thing with QuickTime, another Apple product. And actually, QuickTime should just be uninstalled anyway, but that's another story. And if you have an HP printer, when you installed the software for that printer, HP put several things in that list to run all the time, 
even when you don't need to print. And HP isn't the only one. Most of the printer manufacturers do the same thing. So you're using your computer, and as far as you can tell, you're only running Microsoft Word, just typing up a simple document. But in reality, there are like 10 or 15 programs running behind the scenes. It's just it's really ridiculous that all these software manufacturers set up their software to do this by default. But here's how you fix that. If you're running Windows 7, click the Start button, which is the Microsoft logo in the lower left corner, and then type msconfig. That's M-S-C-O-N-F-I-G. And in the new window, click the Startup tab, and you'll see a list of programs. You can take programs out of that automatic startup list just by unchecking the box next to each one. If you're running Windows 8.1 or 10, hold down the Control and Shift keys on your keyboard and tap the Escape key. Then click the Startup tab, and you'll see a list of programs there. And each program is going to have an option to enable or disable. So the ones that don't need to run every time, you just choose the Disable option. Of course, the big question is, how do you know if something needs to be running all the time or not? Well, some of them are kind of obvious. Of course, you always want to have your antivirus program running so it can protect your computer all the time. And if you have software that does automatic backups like Carbonite, that should always be running. And, you know, software related to your computer itself, like the audio or the touchpad on the laptop, those kind of things should be running. And if you do disable something that does need to run, you can just go back in the same list and enable it again. But a good rule to follow is this. If you're not sure what something is, either get help from someone that knows this stuff or just leave it enabled. The second thing you can do to speed up your computer is to get rid of any viruses, malware, browser junk. All that garbage can really slow down your computer. And it does this in a variety of ways. Usually these things are created by amateur coders, so they might not be written very well or very efficiently. And when you get one or two of these junk programs on there, they're often going to invite a bunch of their friends. And before you know it, your computer is just choking on all the stuff that's on there. And some of this stuff can be kind of subtle. Have you ever noticed that your web browser homepage maybe has changed to some other page, even though you didn't intentionally change it? Or have you noticed that when you do a search on the internet, you used to be searching using Google, and now it's some other website that does your searches? Or when you click to open a new tab, do you see a web page you're not familiar with? Well, those are all signs that your browser has some kind of junk installed and it's stuff you need to get rid of. Now, my technicians and I do virus and malware removal all the time, and we usually do that remotely. So if you need help with that, just get in touch with me. The third thing you can do is add more memory. Memory is also known as RAM, R-A-M. And it's called that because the acronym RAM stands for Random Access Memory. This is different from the storage space on your hard drive, but those two things are often confused with each other. Memory is kind of like, it's kind of the resource that all of your programs use to run when they're running. So let's say you just turn on your computer and you don't actually click to run anything yet. Well, at that point, Windows, of course, is running and your antivirus program is running and a bunch of other things that have to run in the background. All of those things are using the memory in your computer. So if you have, say, four gigabytes of memory available, Windows and a few other programs are going to use some of those four gigabytes of memory to run. And then you click to open your web browser, like Chrome or Firefox. That's going to use up some more of that memory. And this is because whatever programs are running, they all have to share that same four gigabytes of memory that's available. This goes back to the first item we discussed, since all of the programs that are running 
have to share that limited amount of memory. So it's best to only be running things you need to use right at the moment. But the other option is to just give your computer and your programs more memory to use. So maybe if your computer currently has 4 gigabytes of memory, you could upgrade it to 8 gigabytes or 16 gigabytes. Now, most computers these days come with at least four. So if you're buying a new computer and you want to make it a little faster, you might think about getting more memory when you buy the computer. But even now, you can probably increase the memory anyway. Memory is a physical thing that goes inside your computer. It's really not difficult at all to add more memory. You could even look on YouTube for videos that show how to do this. Just do a search on YouTube for how to add memory to a desktop computer or how to upgrade memory on a laptop. And you'll see it's not that hard to do, even for a non-technical person. Or if you don't want to do that, you can take it to a computer tech that can do it for you. And finally, the fourth thing you can do to speed up your computer, I've saved the best one for last, and this one is my favorite, you can upgrade your computer's hard drive to a solid-state drive. This project would be the one that gives you the biggest noticeable difference in speed. And one way you can measure that difference is in how much time it takes your computer to boot up. I've had some people tell me they can hit the power button on the computer to turn it on, and then they just go off and make a cup of coffee or do something else to fill the time while the computer boots up because it takes so long before it's finally completely booted up and actually ready to use. Maybe you can identify with that experience. Well, recently I've done a lot of these hard drive upgrades, and for most of my clients that have done this, their experience is much different now. I've measured the difference over and over again about after this upgrade, and you can push the power button, and from that second to the time the computer is completely booted up and online and ready to be used, it's a total of 20 to 25 seconds. Now, of course, not all computers are going to be as fast as that after the upgrade, but most of the ones I've done so far have been in that range. The slowest one I've had was 45 seconds for full boot up, but that computer had some extenuating circumstances and it could have been faster. So what's involved with this upgrade? Well, here are the basics. Your current hard drive in your computer is where all the data is stored. All your files and folders and pictures and documents and everything else. It's where Windows is installed and also all your other programs. So whenever you click on something, there's this circular platter inside the hard drive. It's like a disk that just sits there and spins. And it holds all of that data and a little arm reads and writes to it. Probably the easiest way to picture it would be Think about an old vinyl record on a record player and the arm with a needle on the end that reads what's on the record. Except that instead of spinning at 33 and a third RPM like a record does, your hard drive spins at like 5,000 or 7,000 RPM. But this kind of hard drive is a very mechanical thing with moving parts. They're and they're fairly quiet, but they do make some noise. On the other hand, a solid-state drive is silent. It has no moving parts. It's basically just all memory. What this means is that it can access your data much more quickly, which is why the boot-up process takes a lot less time. If your old hard drive was like a record player, a solid-state drive is more like an MP3 player. It used to be that solid-state drives were a lot more expensive than traditional spinning drives, and they're still more expensive, but the difference is not as big as it used to be. And the prices continue to come down. So I'm doing this for quite a few clients, and I love doing it because I know the reaction afterwards is going to be like, wow, I cannot believe how fast my computer is now. But this is not a project that the average computer user will want to take on. 
There's the one part, which is figuring out what size drive you need and physically taking out the old drive and putting in the new one. That's the easy part, although even with that, there are a few things you got to be familiar with. But the other part is getting all your stuff from the old drive to the new one. That means the Windows operating system, Microsoft Office, if you use that, your antivirus, your backup program, your emails, all your documents and pictures and music, and whatever other stuff is on your computer right now. When I do this, I make sure that all of the programs and icons and everything are all in the same place as they are right now, so you don't have to go searching for something or figuring out how to run a program on the new drive. The only thing you have to get used to is how much faster the computer is. And most people can get used to that pretty quickly. So those are the four big things you can do to speed up your computer. And there are others as well, but these are the things that I do pretty commonly. Like I said earlier, most things I can do remotely, but upgrading the memory and upgrading to a solid-state drive, I need to have the computer here in order to do that. But I have people ship me their computers all the time. Or like last week, I had a client from Maine that was visiting here in Florida, and he had his laptop with him, so I did the upgrade to the solid-state drive, and he was able to take it back to Maine when he went back. If you want it done, we'll figure out a way to do it. And I want to say thanks again to everyone that shopped on Amazon using my referral link this week. seems like more and more people are becoming aware of this, I guess because I mentioned it at the end of every podcast. If you want to support the podcast, all you have to do is shop at Amazon like you always do, but use this link computertutorflorida.com forward slash shop. Your prices are exactly the same, but Amazon pays me a little bit just for sending you there. And if you try anything I mentioned today to speed up your computer, I'd love to hear about it or anything else you want to talk about. You can email me at pctutor at gmail.com or you can call my podcast voicemail line 727-386-9468 and leave a message anytime, day or night. And that will do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless.